welcome to Mental Health TV. Um, you are watching an experiment, so um, I hope you're ready for us. Um, obviously, we had lots and lots of plans um, in this year of the nurse and the midwife. And like everywhere else, those plans aren't possible now. But we didn't want to be focusing on the things that can't happen or that have to be delayed. We wanted to look at something that we could do that would be innovative and fun and actually bring us together as a community. So Mental Health TV is intended to be... Um, place where we can talk about issues that are important for our communities um, and bear in mind there's not one mental health and there's not one mental health set of voices so I'll introduce you to to our team so I'm Nikki Lambert um, I'm a lecturer at Middlesex University and can I introduce you to Vanessa hello I'm Vanessa Garrity a mental health nurse do lots of different things in the mental health world and to Mark Hello, I'm Matt Brown. Um, I do loads of different mental health stuff and mainly I discover seeing myself far more these days on video, just look infinitely worried about everything all the time. <laughs> and can I introduce you to Ben? Uh, I'm Ben Hannigan. I'm a mental health nursing professor at Cardiff University and I'm also the chair of a group called Mental Health Nurse Academics UK. And in the background is uh, Dave Monday, who I'm sure a lot of you know. Um, and if you don't know, you will get to know, I'm sure. So he's doing backroom stuff for us today, but we'll all be swapping around and, and sharing this space. So what we want to be thinking about is um, having as many guests as possible, um, celebrating the links between all our different groups, anyone with an interest in mental health, um, and enjoy it kind of like a mental health family, like a learning community. And so it's very exper experimental today. Um, and what we're going to be talking about is um, kindness and uh, because it's part of Mental Health Awareness Week. And so can I just hand over to Vanessa just to talk a little bit about how people can get involved in these sessions. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Nikki. Um, so as Nikki says, tonight's a bit of an experiment, but we hope that you will join us in our experiment and, mm. uh, and have a conversation with us. So we've all got lots of our own views um, about kindness, which we'll, we'll share. But it'll be much more fun if people join in with us so you can join in um, in two ways really you can either join in on twitter um, which is via the hashtag mhtv that's mhtv hashtag or you can join up on facebook live and um, we've shared a link um, but you can also go on to the unite mhna facebook page and um, if you post any comments on the um, live stream after each question, I'll go through those comments and share them with the guests tonight and we'll have some discussion about it. So we look forward to talking to you all, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we'll probably be with you for about half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. And we've got five questions we want to be thinking about as part of Mental Health Awareness Week. And I'm just to hand over to Mark to give us a bit of an introduction and a few first thoughts on why kindness, because kindness matters is the theme for this week. Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? It's the Mental Health Foundation each year chooses a topic for Mental Health Awareness Week and this year they chose kindness, which you would think is a subject that everyone would go, yeah, kindness, it's great, let's have more of it. It turns out kindness is a surprisingly contentious issue um, when it comes to thinking about mental health and also when it comes to thinking about mental health professions as well. Um, so kind of Hopefully we're going to be exploring through our questions what this whole kindness thing means um, and what it means in the context of the whole variety of different experiences of mental health, both experiencing mental ill health and distress and trauma, but also providing services that help people and support people 
So shall I lead off with the first question? Sure. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. So the big question is, why is kindness an important issue for health professionals? Um, I'm not a health professional, so I should throw it to someone who is. Who wants to jump in? <laughs> okay. Um, shall I start yeah. and then and then we'll just go around? Yeah. So for me, I I almost don't even think it's particularly to do with health professionals. I think it's to do with people generally. And I think 20 years as a mental health nurse, one of the things that you often find is that kindness is a, is a little bit sneered at. In, in, you know, we talk a lot about caring and compassion, I think it generally in nursing, but in mental health, it can often be seen as something which is a bit, a bit soft, a bit, a bit weak sometimes, which is really disappointing. Um, and I think because there are so many issues of power and control and things that mental health nurses need to think about, perhaps in a way more so than other types of nurses, that we should really be much more careful about how we talk to each other and how we talk to the people who surround us. You know, because it's very easy to be cynical and you see a lot of nurses who kind of adopt this kind of pose of cool. And um, it's it's almost like a way of coping. But to try and cope by sort of being cynical and being cut off and, and, and being sort of a bit brutal to other people, it isn't a way of surviving in this business. It just it hollers you out. And not only do you become a really bad nurse, but you become a bit of a, a damaged person. I think that that's a real shame that our systems do that to us and to, to people we're trying to help. Anyone else? Yeah, I'll, I'll just, um, yeah, I mean, I agree, <clears throat> I agree with everything you've just said, Nikki. And um, I think kindness is quite a loaded term, really. And it mm -hmm. kind of fits in um, with the ongoing discussions about whether nurses are educated or whether they're angels and the concept that, um, you know, um, we don't want to be associated with angels. We want to be known as being academic. And in some ways, I, I feel that the two mm -hmm. shouldn't be polarised. We should be able to be kind as well as being educated and we should be able to um, we should be able to do both of those things together. But equally, um, we are all we are human as well. And I think for me, that's part of kindness that none of us are infallible. So mm. I think, like you said, sometimes as a mental health nurse, you can distance yourself professionally because you're struggling to deal with quite difficult um, experiences and human pain and suffering. And it's about recognizing that, isn't it? And also um, being kind to each other and kind to yourself. But also sometimes I think kindness can be quite superficial. So it's not enough to be you know, nice to someone and have a nice tone of voice with somebody and do, do a kind act like buy somebody a bunch of flowers. Sometimes kindness takes courage. So sometimes kindness is about standing up for somebody, about advocating for somebody, and that takes courage as well is my thinking so you're linking it much more to doing something it's not just a thought it's an action is that what you're saying yeah absolutely yeah can we bring in our, our very own angel ben on this <laughs> i wouldn't want yeah and i wouldn't want to be unkind to the idea of kindness because i think kindness is important um so that i would like to think i suppose you'd all like to think that in our everyday interactions the kind of way in which we orient to other people that we're kind um but but i suppose i'm not sure that in and of itself that's sufficient because there's a lot of things that are much that are beyond the individual and the individual interaction that for example affect people's mental health so so kindness 
as something that might manifest through people's actions or their behavior, the way that they've listened to other people or to other is, is important. But it's not going to, it's not going to it, itself do anything to alleviate the material conditions that might make people's lives very difficult, that will cause them distress. So it does, it's a kindness doesn't change, kindness to individuals doesn't do anything to alleviate poverty, for example. Um, it, it won't improve people's housing. It won't improve their life opportunities. And these are also really, these kind of structural things are really important um, as well. But I, but, you know, as I say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be unkind to kind of, who could argue against kindness? But is it enough? You have been arguing against kindness. Well, but... <laughs> no, so prob, prob, just being a bit, just problematizing it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, so, if correct me if I'm wrong, are you saying something like if um, if it doesn't serve solve world poverty, then kindness is of limited use? Is it? What about for the individual? Because obviously, yeah, for the individual, I can yes, think of time right. when people have been yeah, kind sure. to me, and it's really yes. changed my life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, because the danger of what I've just said, I suppose, is it completely kind of undermines the value of you know the in the, the interaction between two people, for example. So no, I'd be careful about that. I'm I suppose I'm saying that it's not, it's not the, the only thing that we might want, um, but it's it's a it's a good thing. It's a positive thing, but not the only thing. Um, mm. I've been helped by people who've been kind to me. Mm. Um, I I would like to think that other people have been helped when I've been kind to them, mm. um, but. But it ignores things like power, perhaps, or you know, structural inequalities, mm -hmm. which I think are really important. But maybe that's missing the point. Maybe that maybe that's next year's theme for Mental Health Awareness Week. Structural inequalities. Could be. Okay. Mark, <laughs> have we answered your question or have we just made the question more confusing? You problematized the idea of, of kindness, um, which is kind of interesting because that's, that's the response that I've seen very much from people on social media, the idea that, that kindness is like putting some icing on a dog food cake. Great if you're, great if you're a dog, but none of us are, apart from those of us who are dogs, but who probably aren't listening this evening, and I probably... Licking their knackers. <laughs> um, Thanks for that. That's helpful. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's an interesting question yeah. for me. And I think it's a question that a lot of people ask, um, which is if, if services don't all kind, can the people who work within them through their kindness redeem them or change them? Because mm. I can think of situations where I, I've been the massive beneficiary of people's kindness within situations that they and I would agree were unfair. So, you know, thinking about people who gave me a nice, nice little cheeky hint filling in, filling in benefits forms when they didn't have to, people who, you know, offered me a cigarette when it was against the rules, when I still smoked and you could still smoke places, stuff like that. But it's been interesting that people have seen kindness, certainly looking on social media, kindness as if it was part of the argument about, um, politeness you know looking at it in the context of it's been it's very unkind to criticize the current government when so many of them have been ill during this crisis mm -hmm. you know having no humanity in you 
And I think mm. the thing the thing that I keep thinking about in relation to kindness is bad things happen when we treat people as objects. And the question about whether kindness is redeeming or not isn't necessarily a question about charity and a question about nice being nice to people. It's the extent to which kindness might prevent us and other people regarding us as objects, as things rather than, than human beings. But it's a, it's a weird one for an awareness week, um, you know, as Ben's saying, because it's really hard to disagree with kindness until yeah. you talk about it and then you realise you kind of do, sort of, which sounds yeah. really weird. Yeah. It was going to be sleep, wasn't it? The, the theme was going to be sleep, and then they just jumped it at the last minute and went with kindness. Is that right? you, yeah, in a strange way. That's that interesting. Is, yeah, it's a bold choice, isn't it? Because, you know, if you Google, like, kindness, the first thing you see is those awful kind of little trite, twee, like, flowery quotes. And I don't think they get to the heart of what kindness actually is. And as Mark's been saying, it's about this, you know, recognising the humanity in other people and maybe even the humanity and the frailty in ourselves as well. And that is really revealing. It can be really frightening. It can be... But it's the only thing that makes anything worthwhile, isn't it? For me, the human experience and being able to connect up with people in a really sort of real sense Mm. but I think maybe we forget that every day so there's something about maybe the Covid situation that's made this a slightly different experience so do you want to say anything about that Ben so has Covid Uh, made us kinder kinder what you've just you've just maybe what it'd be really interesting wouldn't it if somebody from the mental health foundation were to by happen chance be listening into this conversation Mm. I might actually send a message that mm. will reach the secret WhatsApp group that we have between us so and tell us why it was that sleep became kindness at the last minute. And I wonder if it might have been, um, due, you know, in the context of a growing pandemic and this sense of crisis that has enveloped all of us, um, which it has, because, you know, we're meeting in the most, the most extraordinary and exceptional times, aren't we? Um, where where kind where where kindness, um, so kindness not only to others but also to, to self. You know, uh, kind of thinking of this kindness to self idea earlier that um, mm. which we haven't kind of touched on yet. But in in the pandemic, in a state of crisis, um, kindness to self might might just allow us to give a little slack. You know that this is not normal. Um, you know, I wake up at night, I, you know, I'm anxious with all of this and, and I worry for people close to me and I don't like what I see on the news. Um, so maybe a version of kindness in the context of the pandemic is, well, given all of that, maybe I shouldn't be too hard on myself if I'm not kind of quite working at the normal intensity or, you know, if I'm just not quite on my game as much as I might normally be. Mm. Um, you know, it's allowing ourselves a little bit of latitude and then to others, you know, extending that to others as well. So, mm. you know, mm. this is not this is not the time to be expecting that, you know, just, just getting on with our lives and doing normal things is tough, it's hard. Um, mm, yeah. So may, maybe, ki- maybe kindness might manifest in the way in which we recognize that um, and expect just a little different from ourselves and others Mm. I wonder if it's as well because obviously the human condition we are 
kind of program to need connection and at the moment we can't really have connection physically with family and friends and stuff so I think that we're seeing a lot more sort of behavioral acts of kindness that people are being kind in their behavior towards mm. each other and also I've been thinking that you know kindness is linked to empathy isn't it I, I think so kind of being able to put yourself in in someone else's shoes and kind of understand through their eyes well we're all connected by COVID aren't we so it's kind of happening to us all um, so on a broader level I think it's uniting us all I mean obviously it's quite nuanced there are lots of examples where we're not being kind and there's lots of examples where people are being divided and I think at first you know the social distancing is an example isn't it at first everyone was adhering to social distancing and now you know with the latest government advice um a lot of people aren't adhering to social distancing so there's lots more kind of tension um that we're seeing around people who are going out and people who aren't and people kind of judging each other a little bit more but I think that's all linked to fear as well isn't it what Ben was saying that for many of us it is quite a frightening time for all of us in fact and um you know sometimes if you're scared and fearful that is a time when you're probably less likely to be kind because of the whole kind of fight or or, or flight um reaction so I think um yeah it's a difficult one it does seem to make sense to me really that we kind of are talking about kindness at this moment in time but I think it's a much more um nuanced kind of conversation than kind of what it first appears and you know one of the thing for me is political really and that's you know clapping for nurses um mm. you know there are a lot of nurses and clinicians who you know obviously like the fact that the public are, are clapping for us but we can mm. also say that it isn't changing anything is it, it isn't mm. changing the fact that nurses are going out onto the front line with you know lack of ppe that uh, you know nurses and uh, uh, you know not just nurses but healthcare professionals are dying on the front line at the moment it doesn't change any any of those things so I have like um you know really mixed views about it and I'm someone that I never I will try not to see things in black and white because I think some people like that and some for some people as well who might have you know family and friends who are nurses and things it might make them feel that they're doing something by going outside and everyone being united together on the Thursday Thursday night but equally um you know it can also create tension and for other people they feel that it's you know quite insulting really um to go out and clap for people when actually we need more than clapping at the moment so mm. yeah it's a political point but I feel it's quite an important one at the moment to make yes I guess something Mark was raising earlier on was this idea that it's only kind if the other person wants it did you want to say a bit more about that because I don't want to nick your good idea there Mark Oh, well, well, you were very lucky to witness the one good idea this, this decade. Um, I think, like, looking at kind of some, some kind of public responses to this beyond the mental health charities and the mental health trusts and all that, who, who put out very much the same quality of stuff they put out mm -hmm. on every awareness day and every awareness week and every awareness month, there's a sense in which I think people feel quite offended by the positioning of kindness or the perceived positioning of kindness as being allied to charity and that being the opposite of rights mm. so the idea of charity and the idea of depending on the kindness of others is quite uncomfortable if what you want is equality 
and the certainty of knowing that you're entitled to the care and support and regard that you need. And I think that's part of where some of the tension comes. So there'll be a lot of people just go, yeah, kindness, blood of rubbish, we should be angry. Why should I be kind to you? You failed to give me a service or you've, you know, you've harmed me in the past or you're going to harm me in the future. Mm. Um, other people going, well, you know, it's about kindness. I, you know, I'm, I'm supporting my friends, but you're not supporting my friends. So how are you kind like me? Um, mm. And I think it's really interesting kind of looking at it in those terms, like whether, you know, whether kindness does move things closer to equality or not, because there's, this, there's always a massive tension in mental health between the idea of charity and the idea of state provision. State provision is a right, people assume charity as something where you live at the largesse of others, which might change. But of course, we know from mental health policy, mental health policy also changes as government mm. spending does and stuff like that. So I think, I think the feeling of living on other people's kindness is one that very, very much is a triggering one if that is what you feel like has been the only way in which you've been able to live. It's a very mm. unstable thing. Like mm. if someone has always, you know, if, if you have survived because people have done you favours and have been nice to you, mm. that either reaffirms that everyone's nice and you're very lucky and it's a wonderful world, or it increases the sense in which you feel massively precarious and that the rug might be pulled out from under you any time. Mm. So it's been, it's been really weird looking at people going, well, it's been, not weird, it's been interesting looking at people saying, you know, I can't believe people are saying we should be kind to each other when some of us are incarcerated against our will, or mm. some of us aren't getting services, or some of us are getting the wrong services. I think that's the notion that kindness kind of will cancel out inequality as if it was a kind of antacid that you add. So the, 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 the indigestion of inequality will be cancelled out by everyone being nicer. I think a lot of people find that very difficult to accept coming from people they perceive to be in a more secure position than themselves if that makes any sense at all. It does, absolutely. It really I, copies what Ben was saying, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a real... I think these are really interesting ideas, Mark, and I think mm. it's a very precarious way, isn't it, to organise any healthcare system, mm. including a mental healthcare system, if all it kind of has underneath it is well-meaningness um, so that there are enough good people around to help others. I, I think that's definitely insufficient much better is to think of it as you know in 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 well-off advanced well-resourced societies um it is uh, right that people should have their needs met and it shouldn't fall on the individual or the, the collective well-meaningness of people who choose through career choice for example to work in particular fields it should be that's not enough that's not enough you know it's um i think people have a right to expect that their needs will be met and that's mm -hmm. beyond the well-meaning kindness that individuals may sh may show important though that is um so if all we have is charity um and if charity is contingent on you know people's willingness to give then that's much more vulnerable i think 
a system that is premised on that is much more vulnerable to collapsing. Mm. It's interesting is what we've got in there is the idea of kindness butting up against power, butting up against responsibility and butting up against, you know, real structural inequality as well. Yeah. Um, I can remember one of the first things that somebody told me when I was a baby nurse that really sort of changed the way that I tried to practice was um, talking about um, letting people do things for you, letting people give stuff to you. Because when I, when I first went around as a student nurse, in a, I, was in, I was working in South London, someone tried to give me an apple because obviously I looked much younger then. I think a lot of people thought it was like, bring your kid to work day. <laughs> and so like, the first three sort of social visits I did, one person tried to give me sweets, another person tried to give me an apple. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, no, absolutely. I can't take, you know, I can't take a gift. And the, social, and the, the person I was with said to me, you need to really think about the fact that if you are trying to help other people, you've got to let them even the balance up. You know, there's a big difference between accepting yeah. a car and yeah. and letting and being vulnerable with somebody and letting them do stuff for you and saying thank you. I mean, I'm sure we all know that one person who, if you compliment them, they practically have a meltdown. And you say, you look really nice. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, dear, I seem to have caused some pain. <laughs> yeah, so, but it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Letting people give us stuff, letting people be kind to us. Um, because it really makes a difference to us on an interpersonal level. Yeah. This idea about kindness, solving structural inequality, I don't think that's possible. But what I do think no. is the things that help us to be kind, to know who we are, what we want, to be able to think about what it's like to be somebody else and to be in their situation, those are the things that should be helping us to say social justice is an essential part of our lives. If communities aren't sharing in the good stuff, then we will only have problems. We will only have big problems and personal sadness so I think it's it's an interesting maybe it's a prompt maybe kindness is a prompt it's a way it's a glue like politeness is rather than a thing in itself which makes everything okay maybe it's the thing that helps us just get things moving along you've also made me think Nikki your examples of being offered sweets and apples there's something about reciprocity yeah that you know mutuality so that and this is how we get on this is this is the yeah. stuff of being human isn't it that we we're we're social creatures which is kind of why it's so difficult not to be able to do all of that um you know thank thank goodness for zoom and all the rest of it i mean whole days of it is really hard going but i'd rather have it than not have it um you know we not in the normal kind of course of events we give and we receive um so it's good it's fine you know take the apple <laughs> take take the sweet <laughs> we'll have another story as well how about this i was in the queue um waiting to queue up for some for some vegetables rarely as i happened to be doing that and there was an, uh, a lady in front of me a young lady who was really very sweet and then an older guy behind me um pensioner and the young lady who, who was um french turned around and said to the gentleman would you like to come in front of me um because you know I, you might not want to be out right now and um, i thought what a sweet gesture and he turned around and he said to I'm not dead yet. <laughs> that was unexpected. That was unexpected. And my first thought was, oh, arse, which is, I think, probably most people. And then I just thought, actually, can you imagine how frightened he must be? How frightened he must be and how that must be on his mind and how it's it's putting this 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 experience of COVID, because it's invisible, because we there's lots of things about it that make it very frightening. Um, the fact that what people are living with in terms of their sort of strain and stress. We did sort it out. We had a conversation between all of us, but yeah, it was a really interesting response. And my response to him for being ungrateful um, was something I had to rethink, actually. Mm. 
for reasons I can't quite explain, that's reminded me of the when people first started offering me seats on trains, mm. when when trains first when when trains existed as a thing that I used to get on, and which was sometime before the middle of March, and I hope to return to them one day. And I so I didn't say, what do you mean? You know, I'm perfectly capable of standing up. But so I didn't say that. But it's a it's a it was a strange. So that was that was an offer of kindness to me as an older person. So my, my thoughts were mixed. First of all was I really need to shave my beard off because I am not as old as I look. Mm. Um, and, you know, don't they know that I'm quite capable of standing? And then, and then my, all at the same time jumbled up in my head was, that was a really kind thing. That's a very thoughtful thing that somebody has offered me. Um, it's small in the grand scheme of things. I, but I've noticed, if I must have noticed it because I've remembered it, I've hauled it back from my memory. Mm -hmm. it is again oh, that thing it's only kind yeah. if you want it <laughs> yeah there it is yes, yes. as well I think um you, you're making me think about like invisible disabilities really and um whilst yes. pregnancy is not um a disability, I remember you know being pregnant and you know in the early stages of your pregnancy when you feel really rough and you're being sick all the time and you're exhausted um and you want a seat then you can kind of get sideways glances for sitting down when other people are seen as more kind of worthy of that seat mm -hmm. but then later on in your pregnancy when you've got an obvious bump everybody moves out of the way for you to sit down and I think it's the same two things one is with disabilities so for example you know when you see people looking down the nose at people using disabled toilets because they don't have an obvious disability like um, you know being in a in a wheelchair and also, I think, um, slightly different but related, um, lots of comments you see about, so when we were all in that, you know, complete lockdown, um, nurses who don't go out in uniforms, people being judgmental about seeing the same person leaving the house and coming back at the same time every day. Mm -hmm. And that kind of sense that the only people who should be allowed out are doctors and nurses in, in uniforms. And, you know, people making judgments about other people without knowing the situation so I think there is something about um so people understanding that you know we don't always we don't always know what's going on in other people's worlds and you know mm. sometimes making judgments um about people without kind of knowing the full picture and really it links back to Nikki's original point about kind of universal kindness really um and everybody deserves kindness it's not limited to certain people um, did we get to an end point of whether covid made us more or less kind i'm not sure but you want to <laughs> well, that's a very that's, yeah. if, if you want a yes or no you're not going to get that from me nikki <laughs> it's <laughs> more complex lot, than that i feel like we should share some of the online comments because we've had a lot of comments oh, right yeah come on. Oh, great fine so I'm um, just going to go through, I'll go through some and then, and then I think we carry on talking and then I'll go through some more. There's quite a lot. Um, so the first one is um, kindness takes courage um, from Rebecca Bevington. Um, yeah. People use on that. I think that led to the first yeah. part of our conversation really. Um, and then there's been a lot of criticism of CAM services. Mm. So children, young people's mental health services on Twitter today. Although many of the criticisms seem kind at their core, do you think that there could be more done within the academic sphere to improve the services for service users? So that's um, another comment. And then we've got um, kindness is important for two reasons. Um, 
because it's not a given a piece of furniture and services it has to be brought and kept by the people there mm. and oh, yeah. yeah kindness is arguably the principle that underpins the meaning of the work as well as make real specific ideas such as least restrictive practice best interests mm. um basically um criticism of the 60s in a sense to talk about um kind of more tangible examples really so have we got any thought any thoughts mark you were going to come in earlier on did you yeah i was just i was just thinking kind of more about the the, the experience of being on the receiving end of kindness and nikki you, you were talking about you know the one person who always bats away the compliment etc etc and i think one of the things that's difficult about mental health often is our conflicting wishes to be cared for and to be autonomous. So being able to do what we want, but also to be caught if we fall. And the thing that's most difficult about accepting kindness rather than rights, I think, is that kind of mixture of shame and pride, which kind of work in the same way. It's very, very difficult to accept someone's kindness, either when you feel mm. shameful for needing it, yeah. or you feel like the conditions for accepting their kindness are that you have to stop regarding all of the things you've tried to do for yourself as being useful because mm. they've walked in and told, showed you a better path or a better way. And I think that, that that tension's kind of always there. So it's like, it takes courage to be kind, but it also takes courage to accept kindness as well. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think we kind of underestimate because we look at kindness a bit like getting up on Christmas morning and opening your stocking. Like, oh my God, these benevolent people have given us some wonderful kindnesses. And that's not how it feels from a position of exclusion or inequality. It feels like, oh my God, your helicopter's landed. Thank you, Noel Edmonds, for distributing fresh socks to all us poor orphans. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that makes me think about working in the prisons, actually? Because, um, you know, having worked in prisons as a mental health nurse, I think you're very conscious that you can leave at the end of the day. You're very conscious that you're wearing mm. the keys that open the door um, and, and that you can leave and that there is a real kind of power dynamic when, when you see people. Um, but I think you can still be kind to people within a system that's really oppressive. And I think for me, what was really important mm. was... Um, about being human with people. So it was about kind of finding out who the people were that I was supporting kind of before they went into prison and having that rapport with, with somebody. Um, so they didn't feel that you would be, um, I mean, I'm sure they did at times, but my intention was that they didn't feel that I was patronizing them or being paternalistic. Um, mm. was often talking to them. So, and I worked with, um, you know, and so with women who are pregnant or with babies so being a mother myself I was able to kind of share some of my sort of maternal experiences you know obviously within boundaries and things but just in a way that you know allows you to connect with people and um, show some sort of equality um, whilst acknowledging that there is a power dynamic but there's also you know there were things that you could do within that in terms of advocating for people and and helping people feel that they did have some freedom of movement, even though they were within their prison system. Mm. Uh, I think I, I worry as well that we we put particularly students into a system that shapes them to be unkind. 
and yeah. that the kindness the kind ones are the ones that get it first and that worries me you know that I I, I think back over the times when I've been like a charge nurse and a ward manager and things like that and I think did I do enough to to let that kindness the natural kindness and goodness that's in most people actually flourish and I worry you know about role modeling and things like that to make sure that the stuff that we do is is kind and that that happens all the time I mean I can remember I was, I was reading because I'm an external examiner for loads of different places I can remember back in the day reading some feedback and thinking this is written by a mental health nurse and an academic so they should be smart and they should be kind and this is rude you know, and it's all about somebody else's attitude. And I think there's something around maybe how we create the conditions to allow other people to be kind or to receive kindness as well. Maybe how we role model it as well. Yeah, I think you're right. Because it can be difficult as a student, especially if you feel that you're kind of breaking some some rules um, and you're not actually sure what the rules are, how far you can push things. And again, you know, like thinking about in prisons, things like, you know, when I've made people, um, you know, a cup of tea and... You're not supposed to give people a cup. Um, and when I've run workshops and, um, you know, plastic cups have been brought in for the prisoners and we've been given normal cups, I've drunk out of a plastic cup. Mm. Um, I've asked all the other people to drink out of a plastic cup because it's about kind of creating that kind of human connection and that we're all the same and simple things like a cup or a different toilet or mm. whatever can create massive barriers and then I think invalidate any kindness and make it seem really paternalistic to people. So it all links around to recovery working as well though isn't it and I mean if you think that a toilet is not acceptable for you to use it's not acceptable for anybody to use Mm -hmm. and I'm not even sure that's about kindness that's about being a person and understanding everybody else as a person too and one of the things and it, it links absolutely back to what Mark was saying about how people can be made into objects by systems and that can be staff and it can be service users just the same I think mm. that's that's the thing to fight against for sure. Yeah. I'm quite I'm quite struck by what you said Vanessa your example there of your interactions in prison mm. and it's mm. just made it's just made me think about how kindness can make a difference so this is a risk of completely tipping on its head everything I said it you know 40 minutes ago or something but you know in a very kind of difficult place like a prison mm. for all the obvious reasons it's a small act of kindness which shows some kind of solidarity or human connection yeah it's actually quite powerful that sounded quite powerful that mm. I think it is and that's why you know not a plug for prison mental health nursing but I think that's why um working in prisons as a mental health nurse is can be incredibly satisfying because it is literally about the therapeutic relationship most of the time most of the work I did it wasn't any kind of massively evidence-based kind of intervention it was about kind of having a rapport with people being there for people you know like say connecting with people and that can make a massive difference and you should never underestimate how important that is and it's a really important um, and really fundamental skill I think a mental health nurse and why our you know why our profession is so special and privileged and you know why I love mental health nursing I guess we've only we've actually already on 40 minutes guys wow mental health chatters there (laughs) um I guess that we've a lot of comments on um, social media as well. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go through a yeah, few more? Yeah, let's have a few, and then we'll, we need to wrap up in a bit. Yeah. So I'm just gonna. There's a lot. Um, I didn't answer the cams one, did I? Which was you looked at Ooh. me. 
Vanessa, I can see around around what nurses in universities yeah. can do. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember what the kind of detail was, but um, it, pro it probably takes us away from a discussion on kindness. But so maybe it's for an, it's for another one of these um, MHTV discussions, just around the relationships between research, practice, and services. Mm. Um, so may maybe yeah, maybe it's an idea for the future. And before we kind of wrap everything up, it would be good to say a few things about how to share ideas for future episodes of MHTV. So maybe that particular question is one that we could hang on to for the later. End. Yeah. yeah. So if I, if I go through some of the social media comments and then I think, Ben, like you say, at the end, if you can talk a little bit about kind of how people can get involved, that would kind of lead us nicely towards the conclusion, wouldn't it? So, um, so we've got here, I'm not going to go through everyone's names because we haven't got time, but we, can we argue against kindness? I wonder about self-compassion. I think that's a really important mm. point. And a lot of what we've been saying tonight about kind of what can inhibit kindness. Um, and someone's point is the little things that count, small things can have a massive effect, mm -hmm. which again, we've talked about, haven't we? Um, we go through massive peaks and troughs of kindness and unkindness, especially on social media. We're in a peak at the moment towards NHS staff, but does this massive pouring, outpouring of sentiment hurt or help? Which I think links kind of our discussions earlier, doesn't it? Um, we've put, it says, also we need to remember to be kind to ourselves again. Um, we've got, it's important to avoid the tendency to use value terms like kindness as uncritical innate personal whereas it's a faculty that can be cultivated and used critically to challenge and subvert um, and we've got another one on self-care so self-care is coming across quite strongly and um, mm. maybe it's easier to talk about non-kindness to recognize kindness in the everyday and um, sometimes it can take conscious effort um, a comment for mark the politics of giving recent kindness and individual expressions perceptions are so vast and varied um, something about designing for kindness and equality in the systems. Um, again, about being kind to others. Um, about celebrating acts of kindness in our communities and that how um, coronavirus has brought us all together in that sense. Um, living on challenge, this is for Mark again. Living on charity of others when you want equality. Hmm. Complex in motives and perspectives of giver. Um, we've got um kindness is challenging there's a balancing act between resilience and abruptness and misinterpretation and then it, we can't go through them all there's too many but this one here is really interesting because um in the old days we took patients clothes home to wash them sometimes when needed there are many barriers to kindness now disabled toilets are disability acts access not disability only um and yeah that's more mm. or less it sounds like we're in. going to be looking at a lot of social media after this is finished and then tweeting back to people and things <laughs> can i come to mark though about social media and kindness yeah what would you like to know it's terrible <laughs> um no it's, it's funny right because we keep saying oh we've all come together during this covid19 thing physically we haven't yeah. this is the really weird thing like physically there've been less of us on the streets to do unkind things to each other um, mm. Unfortunately, there's more of us at risk in our own homes from unkindness, but also mm. more of us in our homes that are, you know, 
therefore the possibility of kindness. So I think like the thing about social media is it's brought together lots of people who would never otherwise have met, which massively yeah. massively multiplies the possibility for people to be kind to each other. Mm. We see that every day. Mm. And it massively multiplies the opportunities for people to be horrible to each other. You know, it's mm, like, yeah. you know, Andy Warhol said that, you know, that in the future, everyone will be famous for 15 minutes. And, you know, social media ages, we will live in a condition where we can be loved and hated by complete strangers. Mm. Um, so has it made us more unkind? Who knows? Who knows what people used to say to each other when there was nothing, there was no you know, external record of it. Um, I think it reflects us. I also think, you know, there are particular things about social media that have very strong effects in one direction or another, but that's a really different conversation, I think, to mm -hmm. this one. Um, but it's, it's amazing, like, it's amazing to be able to contact someone you've never met who did something for you that you liked or changed something for you dropping them a tweet saying, you know, thank you for that thing that you did 30 years ago that made a massive difference to my life. Um, and, I'll, you know, similarly, it's really horrible when someone drops your line to say, I hope your bum falls off and mm. you are a knobber. Mm. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's the closeness of it. Um, it collapses distance and it collapses um, the spaces between people. Mm. And that has, that, you know, that, that can be both positive and a negative thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's made horrible people able to be more horrible. It's, it's kind of industrialization yeah. of horribleness, but potentially <laughs> industrialization of kindness as well. Mm. As a kind of home cottage industry you can do from mm. your kitchen table. Do you know, I think that that's very true of COVID, you know, because when, when it first started to kick off and things started to get scary and difficult, um, the people who were nice turned out to be super nice and thoughtful and kind. And the people who were always tiny bit self-focused seemed to be distilled down to their kind of essence. <laughs> like, okay. But I guess that's, you know, it's about maybe these things are mirrors to ourselves or amplifiers rather yeah. than anything that changes our yeah. nature particularly. Yeah. But I guess that means that you have to practice, you need practice kindness, don't you? It doesn't always come naturally to you when you're knackered and when you're fed up, when you're bored, when you're tired. But then that's when you take that moment, isn't it? To actually practice it and try and get better at it. Mm. we should probably um think about um each of us getting a chance to say one last thing um maybe thinking about what we can do in terms of in response to this kind of matters so um can i start with ben so you want me to say something about kindness particularly nikki so just, just any last yeah, thoughts on kindness, and last thoughts of kindness. Can, um yeah. maybe get involved in the, the so, conference that was. yeah oh i'll certainly say that okay thank mm. you thank you on kindness mm, lest I overstated my unkindness about kindness at the beginning, I'll moderate that a little bit because I think it is important, but it is definitely not the only thing. So that's my kind of closing thought on kindness. Um, so it's really good to be, to know lots of people with ideas and creativity and energy. So I'm looking here now at Dave, you're seeing Nikki and Mark and Vanessa. So for making MHTV happen. Mm -hmm. So um, so this is a really interesting collaboration, isn't it? So it's Unite Mental Health Nurses Association. It's the WE Mental Health Nurses mm -hmm. Community. 
um, it's Mental Health Nurse Academics UK and the International Mental Health Nursing Research Conference. And I might have missed people already. And it's also, an, isn't it an open invitation to other people who want to be part of this as well? So other organisations and definitely individuals. So there's, so there's a list, isn't there, of... Um, I like the use of the word episodes here, actually. I've noticed that. I got that. It's a TV thing, isn't it? So there are future episodes already scheduled, and I think they're on the, the Eventbrite link and the Facebook page, which have been advertised mm -hmm. via Twitter. And so, Nikki, you and I know, um, and a few other people know, that I, there were something like 30 abstracts, weren't there, submitted to the what would have been the International Mental Health Nursing Research Conference, which is a long history, goes back to the middle of the 1990s. So there were 30-something abstracts for the conference that would have happened on June the 11th in Nikki, your normal workplace, when you're not in your kitchen. In a box. Yeah, in a <laughs> box, yeah, so at Middlesex University. But, so so we, we kind of need to do something about, as a conference committee, about those abstracts and so we need to circulate them and we need to make contact with people who submitted them and and probably invite people to if they want to to bring their ideas that they would have spoken about in person at Middlesex on June 11th mm. through an episode of MHTV so that's that's one thing I think we're going to do with um abstracts already submitted for what would have been a, a fairly kind of traditional type of conference which now can't take place and then the other the other thing of course is to advertise for ideas mm. um so i think that um so so dave has created a i don't think it's gone live yet perhaps but there's a form of words isn't there and a and a link that i'll certainly publish it on the mental health nurse academics uk website and it will have um, it'll it'll it will include the invitation to people to send their ideas to be part of one of these. I think they I think at the moment there'll be emails to Dave, won't they? Mm. That's a lot of emails going to be going to Dave, I think. And then is the idea that there'll be a bit of a heads together and see what see you know maybe some theming of ideas and bringing people together around particular topics or areas something like that yeah it's even I think what's really good about it is in the past if you came to the conference you came to the conference whereas now the conference is coming to you yeah yes. so be warned everybody it's coming for you it is coming <laughs> yes, that's right <laughs> we'll group right. them into themes and actually just have theme yeah. discussions on it and, yeah. and welcome welcome as many comments as possible yeah, yeah most thank definitely. you Vanessa yeah just um I suppose my comment is really um that um we have to acknowledge that there are things that inhibit kindness around systems and equality, our paternalism, um, but that shouldn't stop us um, being kind. Um, I think being aware of those things helps. Um, being kind is, is about connection and humanity, isn't it? And being human and we can all do that. But I think as came across on social media as well, it's about being kind to ourselves as well, isn't it? And to each other, which is you know really important at the moment. Um, and I also just quickly to say thank you to everybody mm. who comments to us tonight. And unfortunately, I couldn't get through them all because there were a lot. 
but um, we will go through the hashtag and we will look on Facebook and we will respond to any specific questions. And um, as Ben's talked about, kind of providing ideas for future um, episodes as well. If you want to tweet us as well at the MHTV hashtag, we will keep an eye on the hashtag and that'll be another way of, um, of sharing ideas and speakers or if you're wanting to participate um, in a future episode. So thank you, everyone. Yeah, Mark. Um, my, my final thought about kindness is I remember reading John O'Farrell's book, Things Can Only Get Better, about being a long-term labour activist. Mm -hmm. And he tells a story of, of being at a kind of student politics party and there being a number of anti-apartheid activists there and witnessing a member of, you know, a, a student political group listening to the terrible stories about what had happened to them in South Africa and the terrible privations they'd been through. And their answer was, unfortunately, I can't do anything about that, but I can give you a hug. And as a younger person, I thought this was an amazing example of hypocrisy. But as I've got older, I've kind of wondered a little bit about whether the person offering the hug was actually right in that situation. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave it all up to everyone else to decide whose side they would have been on. The cynic saying that's a terrible answer to, you know, a long history of terrible oppression or a nice human gesture. But mm. thank you for having me. I like the fact that we've talked ourselves around. It's so mental health. We've talked ourselves around. Yeah. We've told a lot of stories. I'm not sure we're further on, but we've certainly had quite a, quite a lovely time. Uh, so I've been in this box it. now for seven weeks, hardly getting out. So I, I am really, really pleased actually, because I couldn't have done it without people being kind to me, and so many people have. Um, we're going to finish up now. Um, all that's left to manage is our graceful dismount. Watch here. <laughs> um, Dave will be turning off the stream as soon as we've said goodbye. So thank you very much for everyone who's participated. This is a work in progress. We'd love to have your feedback as much as anything else. Any last words for everyone or should we just goodbye? Just thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.